ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. And I'm glad you've tuned in, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and we are continuing with our series on the tests on your way to destiny. And we have been looking at the life of King David from the moment he was anointed, and we are going all the way to when he was appointed as King of Israel. And we have noted so far, if you've been following our series, that David was not just, did not just ascend to the throne immediately after his anointing. After David was anointed, David had to go through certain tests between his anointing and his appointing. And we've seen that these tests are crucial for anyone in the faith that the Lord calls to walk a certain path that requires them um, preparing for their destiny. God may perhaps place you in an environment where he needs you to grow in order to get into your purpose, in order to plug in fully into your purpose. And we've said that this seems to be the case for many a Christian, that when God calls you into something, he does not make you like, um, like instant microwaved food, you know, he does not just put you in a microwave and in five minutes you're ready. Or like uh or like uh instant noodles. He does not just dip you into the hot water and you come out ready in an instant. No. He takes you through a process. And we say the process is necessary for us to get to the end so that we can actualize our purpose. There is no purpose without process. And we say that this is necessary because God also does this to sanctify us. He does this to bring us to a place of maturity. He spiritually matures us by taking us through several tests. And God is sovereign because he allows these things to happen, both good and bad, for the glory of his name. The Bible says in Romans 8:28 that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He says all things, not some things, all things. That means good things, that means bad things. And that means that if you only expect good but not evil, not dark times, then you will not grow. But if you accept both the good and bad, and put there the sovereignty of God. That's a wonderful recipe for getting to your place of destiny. And we looked, we've looked at five tests so far in the life of David. We looked at the test of delay, and we saw that, that from an from an outward perspective, it looks like it's a bad thing, but you know it's a good thing because patience is being cultivated in David. We looked at the test of obscurity. It looks like a bad thing, but it's a good thing because humility has been cultivated in David. Then we looked at the test of early success. It looks like a good thing from the outside, but it could be a bad thing if David does not exercise prudence. And we say this is the same for us. Uh, early success may look like a good thing, but it could end up being a curse if we are not wise, if we don't exercise prudence. And then so the test of opposition, and that looks like a bad thing on the outside, but then it produces resilience. And then we looked at the test of despair last week, and we say that we can be pushed to our end, to our end, to the edge. And it looks like a bad thing on the outside, but it's actually cultivating long suffering. So you must see that whether good or bad happens, it ultimately occurs for your good. If you pass the tests, there are things you come out with, your character is refined. And so far, if you look at David's um, 
life so far it, it looks as if 90% of the things are bad and only um uh, 10% is good and it's okay it doesn't matter we all go through different seasons in life the most important thing is that we succeed so today we're going to look at the sixth test which is the test of betrayal david faced betrayal when he was on his uh when he was fleeing from Saul uh david had many people who you can imagine would be against him because the king is against him the king wants to kill him so who would dare oppose the king uh david has got few friends he can rely on he can rely on samuel the prophet he can rely on on jonathan the son of the king he can rely on him and it seems as if he's got very few friends and last week we saw that uh, he had a team of 400 people come and surround him and these are allies he had uh he, he had the bible says that not only did he have the 400 men but all even his household you know his father's house his brothers and his father's household so he even had his family but it is nothing compared to the large uh, the large armies of israel the large um armies of philistia that also hate david because david has won wars um on on behalf of king saul and so he's alone and we get to see this state of being alone uh, magnified more when he's betrayed. This is what happened when David confirmed from Jonathan that King Saul wants to kill him. The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 21. David went to Nob to Ahimelech, the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked him, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech, the, the priest, the king sent me on a mission and said to me, no one is to know anything about the mission I'm sending you on. As for my men, I've told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. Verse 4, but the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread to hand. However, there's some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual, whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy, even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. And we are told in verse 7, Now one of Saul's servants was there that day detained before the Lord. He was Dog the Edomite, Saul's chief shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. And the Bible says that the priest replied, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elias here, it is wrapped in a cloth behind the effort. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. So um, David, of course, has to be shrewd so that he can escape the clutches of King Saul. And he gets food supplies in order to survive. He gets a weapon in order to survive. And the Bible tells us that the man they are called Dog the Edomite. And the Bible says that he was detained before the Lord. Okay? And he may have been held there um, for a certain reason, maybe for transgressions. But the Bible says that, I want you to see what happened. 
much later in, in, in First Samuel chapter 22. When Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul was seated spear in hand under the tamarisk tree on the hill of Gibeah, with all his officials standing at his side, he said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? So effectively, before we even get to dog, what the Lord, what what what, what Saul is doing, he's bribing the children of Israel. He's trying to tell them, what can David give you? Can David give you land? Can David give you fields? Can he give you status? And you see, um, Saul, Saul is able to give this bribe because he's a king. He's abusing his power. And there are people who are going to hear this, and they're going to take the bait. And you must understand that there are people who perhaps you would expect to stand for you, but their character will compromise and they will betray you. They will stand against you. There are people who you would think would be faithful even to Israel. But when the moment comes when they are bribed, they will betray you. And many times this is what happens that uh, when someone wants to bring you down, when you're down, the enemy wants to even bring you down, he will he will appeal to the carnality of men to betray you. And this is exactly what is happening with with Saul. He's, he's appealing to the carnality of people. He's appealing to them so that they can betray David. And he goes on to say, Saul goes on to say, is that why you have all conspired against me? Now look, he's also manipulating them. Saul's servants have not conspired against him. Okay? But um, He's manipulating them. You've conspired against me. No one tells me when my son makes a covenant to the son of Jesse, none of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie in wait for me as he does today. I mean, look at all this passive aggression. You know, none of you is concerned about me. My son has incited my servant to lay in wait for me. He's even saying that now his life is in danger. And yet it's quite the opposite. He's the one who's putting David's life in danger. Um, and by the way, Saul is a typical narcissist. Saul is a typical narcissist, full of himself, um, manipulative, um, very, very uh, emotionally out of touch, emotionally imbalanced, uh, very self-centered, has no concern for anything apart from his own personal progress, uses people, intimidates people, tries to get rid of people. Uh, it all it all has to be about him. He's, he's, he's a typical narcissist. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says, Dog the Edomite. Now remember Dog, the one who had been detained before the Lord, the one who... Um, was was the chief shepherd of 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 Saul? So he, I, I believe, he was the one who was taking care of Saul's sheep and cattle. The Bible says, "Dog the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's official, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, at Nob. Abimelech inquired of the Lord for him. He also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath, the Philistines." Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and all the men of his family who were priests at Nob, and they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitub. Yes, my lord, he answered. 
Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and requiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me as he does today? And Ahimelech answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, highly respected in your household? Was that... Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant of any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. And it's true. You can see by the way um, Ahimelech responds, you know, he still refers to David as the king's son-in-law. As far as he's concerned, David is married to Micah. Uh, he does not know the inner workings. He does not know the... The, the things that are happening behind the scenes. He does not know. Uh, from the outside, everything looks okay. And this is what happens when you're betrayed. People don't know your story. When you're betrayed, people don't know your story. People don't know David's story. People only know the public story. People only know the one-sided story. The people who control the narrative don't give a balanced story. And so uh, in the public eye, David is the king's son-in-law. He's married to Michael. He's the captain of the bodyguard. He's highly respected. You can inquire of God for him. Look at this. There's a narrative that has been painted where Saul looks, looks innocent of all that he's done. Nobody knows all these things. But the inner workings, in the inner chambers, we all know that David is not in, he's not, he's not even with Michael. He's not with his wife anymore. We know he's not even the captain of the bodyguard. He's on the run. We know he's highly respected, yes, in many parts of Israel, but not in the household of King Saul. And look at what he said. He said, I know nothing about this whole affair. The Bible says, you shall die, Ahimelech, you and the entire family. And the Bible says, the king ordered the guards at his side, turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the Bible says, the king's officials were unwilling to raise a hand to strike the peace of the Lord. Then the king ordered Dog, you turn down and strike down the priests. And the Bible says, Dog the Edomite turned and struck them down. Look at that. Dog the Edomite. Now, Dog is not an Israelite. He's an Edomite. And the Edomite were cousins to the Israelites. The Edomites were the sons of Esau. And the reason the children of Israel, the king's officials, um, the reason they are unwilling to strike the priests is because they know who the priests are. They know that these are the holy children of God. They know that these are the Levites. These are anointed people. These are these are God's representatives. But Dog is an Edomite. He's uh he, he has no regard for holiness. He has no regard for for the things of God. He has no regard for uh, for, for things that are holy. And because of that, he has no regard for God. He kills them. He killed he kills 85 men who were the linen effort. And the Bible says uh, he also put to the sword north the town of the priests, the men, the women, his children, his infants, the cattle, the donkeys, the sheep. What a bloodbath. But one of Ahimelech's son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled to join David. Abiathar escaped. Guys, look at this betrayal. The test of betrayal will come to many of you who pursue your destiny, who pursue the calling of God, that the people around you will turn against you. Dog turned against David. And why do they turn against you? Well, it's because many of them have the character of dog the Edomite. They have no fear of God in their hearts. They have no reverence in their hearts for God. They are willing to do that which is evil in the eyes of God. They are not willing to honor God. And you must 
be comforted by this because at times we expect too much out of our betrayers. We expect character. Listen, dog is an Edomite. He's not an Israelite. He has no fear of God. He has no character. He has no passion for the things of God. He would rather do this thing and get uh, get the bribe that that that's that Saul has promised. And remember, dog had all he, dog could have mentioned this thing to Saul any time, but he only mentions it. He only mentions it when Saul bribes them with fields, vineyards, titles. So the character of dog is in, is 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 very clear. He is despicable. He is a despicable man, and. The betrayal has lots of collateral damage. And at times that's what happens with uh, the test of betrayal. The collateral damage goes far and wide. The collateral damage goes far and wide. And at times you, 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 you'd even feel guilty, you know, because you, you wish, David must have wished he was there to protect the priest, but he wasn't there. Look at what the Bible says. David said to Abiathar, so first of all, Abiath escaped, fled to join David. He told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. David said to Abiathar that day, that day when Dog the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your whole family. You see the guilt that I'm talking about? You would feel guilty because of the betrayal that occurs. And you must guard your heart because when men of despicable character dis- betray you, when men of despicable character speak ill against you and the collateral damage goes far and wide, please understand it's not your fault. It is not your fault. And David here is he's bearing you know, the weight. He's saying, I am responsible for the death of your whole family. David, what is David's mistake? David was just anointed. Please understand that at times the anointing the the blessings that God brings to you would arouse such envy and jealousy in other people that it would bring about such evil, that it would bring about such despicable characteristics in others, and the collateral damage can go far and wide. And at times it may make you feel like it's your fault. It's your fault that you are anointed. It's your fault that you're chosen by God. It's your fault that... You know, it, it's your fault that you're doing the right thing. It's your fault for standing up for righteousness. Look at all these people who've died, David. It's your fault. Please, it's not your fault. During the test of betrayal, you have to be careful. You have to understand that just because blood has been spilled, it does not mean it's your fault. And of course, you could understand that David has been a man. Uh, he's feeling this because he's a man. He's he's feeling for Abiathar. And look at what he says. He says. Um, before that, he says, dog, the Edomite was there. I knew he would be sure to tell Saul. Look at that. David says, I knew he would be sure. It's David deep down knew when he saw dog there, dog would betray him. And what is that to say? That is to say, don't doubt your discernment as you go through the test of betrayal. There are people you will meet and you know these people cannot be trusted. How will you know? The Holy Spirit will convict you. There are times I have... I had conversations with people who even claim to be born again Christians, or you can see they're within earshot. And I just know in my heart, this person cannot be trusted. They should not hear what we're talking about. They should have no, they should have no, they should have no uh, access to what to our conversations. And you see, David had that. David said, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul. Now, I think part of David's guilt 
why he's even saying I'm responsible for the death of your whole family because he's looking back in retrospect and he's saying, I had that conviction in my heart. I had that discernment that this man can be trusted. I should have called um, the high priest Ahimelech on the side. I should have told him, hey, Ahimelech, I can see there's a guy here called Dog. Could we go talk outside? Could we go speak outside? And David must have been wishing he did that. He must have been wishing, oh my goodness, I wish I had talked to Ahimelech on the outside. I wish Dog was not privy to our conversation. I wish that was the case. I wish that was the case. But you see, it's too late. And that's a life lesson for us because David, David's, David cannot undo his actions. The people that God puts around you, there are times the Holy Spirit of God will convict you and tell you that so-and-so cannot be trusted. Don't doubt your discernment. Don't doubt your discernment. Stay away from dogs. And dogs, I don't mean the wolf wolf kind. I'm talking about the dog, the Edomite, D-O-E-G, like in the Bible. Be very, very careful. Look at this kind of betrayal. Look at this kind of betrayal. And the Bible says, uh, David said, stay with me, don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You'll be safe with me. So look at that. I mean, dog has really proved that he's a man of no character no character and um the bible says um the bible says that uh, afterwards you know david was told that the philistines were going out to fight kayla to fight, fight against kayla and what did he do david went out there and david went to save kayla um you know he this town that was being attacked by the Philistines, First Samuel 23, and the Lord told David, go and, you know, go and save Kayla. And David went, you know, he said, David's men said to him, you know, we are afraid. How much more then if we go against Kayla, against the Philistine forces? And David asked the Lord, the Lord gave him the confidence and David inspired these people. Remember these people who are around David. These are the 400 plus men who are in distress and debt and discontented. Uh, they've come around David because David has gone through life's, life's difficulties. He's, been, he's gone through tribulation, trials, despair. And David now inspires them to go out to war. And as David does that, you can imagine that he, he strengthens their faith. And he goes out to war, and guess what? They inflict heavy losses on the Philistines, and they save the people of Kayla. But when they come back, what do they find? They come back and they find, you know, that, you know, they they, they, they leave the place. Let me just read it. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible says, um, when Saul was told that David had gone to Kayla, you know, uh, and he said, God has delivered him into my hands, for David was imprisoned by entering a town with gates and bars. And the Bible says, Saul called up his forces for battle to go to Kayla to besiege them. And when David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he went to Abiathar, the priest, you know, bring the effort. And David said, Lord, God of Israel, your servant has had definite that Saul plans to come to Kayla and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Kayla surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has had? Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And look at what the Lord said. And the Lord said, he will. 
And the, David asked, will the citizens of Kayla surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Bible says, they will. Look at that. More betrayal. David has sacrificed for Kayla. He has given his life. He has risked his life. He has protected Kayla from the Philistines. He has slaughtered the Philistines. And even after that, what happens? The people of Kayla plan to betray him. Now, please also understand that in the test of betrayal, there are people for whom you will give your resources. You will give your time. You will give your efforts. You will do so much for them. And these people will betray you. These people will work against you. These people will these people will come and they will they will they will forget the good things you've done. And you know what the worst kind of betrayal? The worst kind of betrayal happens happened much, much later when David made an alliance with the Philistines. And the Bible says when he made an alliance with the Philistines, they came back to one of their camps. So that camps uh, is where in that camp is where their children were, where their wives were, where their daughters were, their the entire families, the the four hundred men of David and um, David's property, David's family was there. And the Bible says that when they came back to the campsite, which was Ziklag, the fort was destroyed by fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken. David and his men wept, and they had no strength left. So David has experienced betrayal from Dog, the Edomite. He's experienced betrayal from the, from the people of Kayla, whom he has poured out his resources to help. But look at this. The Bible says David was greatly distressed. This is now First Samuel chapter 30. I've just gone up ahead to show you another instance of betrayal. Because when he came up to the camp of Ziklag and found that um, his people had been taken and their property had been destroyed, verse 6 says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Look at that. Even the 400 men, these people who are in distress, in debt, discontented, these people who are nobodies, these people who David has discipled, David has walked with them, David has turned them around, David has matured them, he has taught them warfare, he's taught them to survive, he has protected them from King Saul, he has given them homes, he's given them a life, he's removed their distress. Some of them are battling with mental illnesses, he has helped them. Some of them were, were, were deep, deep distress, they wanted to, you know, just live a life of desperation. He has given them purpose. These same people now are thinking of stoning him to death. Can you believe it? Betrayal can hit even in your inner circle. The people who you've helped, the people who you've worked the most, the people who you've, you, you, you've given your everything have betrayed you. And Jesus experienced the same thing. Jesus was betrayed by Israel, he did miracles for them. He raised their dead. He healed their sick. He turned their lives around. And just the people of Kayla, what did they do? They turned against him, forgot all the good things he had done for them. Jesus had people like Dog the Edomite, who are the Pharisees, who turned against him, betrayed him. 
And Jesus also had people in his inner circle, just like David's people in David's inner circle who betrayed him. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was he was rejected and betrayed by Judas, his very close friend. And he was also denied by Peter. This is what happened to David. Guys, when you go through the test of betrayal, this is your answer. You must strengthen yourself in the Lord. You must strengthen yourself in the Lord because, guys, the betrayal, the betrayal from Dog the Edomite may not hit home because, after all, he's not even part of the Israelites community. He's an Edomite. He's an outsider. And that kind of betrayal may not hit home. And then there's the betrayal from Kayla, which is an inner circle. These are Israelites. And you may think, yeah, that kind of hurts. It kind of hurts because these are my people. But then the deepest form of the betrayal is when it happens on the inner circle, your own friends, your own family, people you've invested in. And that kind of betrayal really hurts. And the answer is to find strength in the Lord. Why is David finding strength in the Lord? Because at this moment, he can't trust a man. Men have betrayed him. He's just been betrayed by dog. He's just been betrayed by Kayla. He's been betrayed by Saul. He's been betrayed by his people. Now he's been betrayed by his closest friends. And guys, there are tests like those when you're on your, on your way to destiny, where your inner circle cannot be trusted. What is the way out to find strength in the Lord? To spend time with him. To walk with him. And please understand that by the time David is strengthening himself in the Lord, he's not started to spend time with God. He has been spending time with God. The reserve energy and the reserve power of having spent time with God consistently over time is what is helping him during this time. Guys, let me tell you, when the test of betrayal comes, God God forbid that you have not been spending time with him. God forbid that you have not been praying. God forbid you've not been spending time in his word. God forbid you've not been having a, a deep connection with God. Because if you've not been doing that, you will not be able to strengthen yourself in the Lord. David is able to strengthen himself in the Lord because he's been walking with God all this time. The test of betrayal will come. And the test for you here is not to be bitter. Because David turned to the Lord so that he would not be bitter. And what is being cultivated here? Forbearance. God wants you to forbear, to forgive the sins of dog, to forgive the sins of Caleb, to forgive the sins of men who forget just how much you made them. Forbearance and forgiveness is necessary so that you don't allow bitterness to get into your heart. If you allow bitterness to get into your heart, do you know what will happen? David will become exactly like King Saul. One of the reasons Saul is a rejected king is because he is full of bitterness. You want to be different. What does that mean? It means that you have to practice forgiveness early. You have to learn to be a forgiving individual. God will not lead you into your destiny if you don't have a heart of forgiveness. And forgiveness is giving up the right to retaliate, giving up the right to tell people, have you forgotten who I am? Have you forgotten what I did for you? Have you forgotten? Forgiveness means letting God fight for you. And God does fight for you. The Bible says in Romans 12, 19, vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. Do not revenge. It is mine to repay, declares the Lord. When you go through this test, you must guard your heart from pain. You must guard your heart from bitterness. And why do we forgive? We forgive because God in Christ forgave us. We must remember who we are in the presence of God. David must remember that he is a sinner before God. And he must remember that he's been forgiven. And because he's been forgiven, he too can forgive. My friends, forbearance builds your character. You have to be forbearing. You have to put up with the weaknesses of men 
You have to put up with the weaknesses of your inner circle. You have to put up with the weaknesses of the people in your tribe. You have to put up with the weaknesses of the people that God has called you to lead. You have to put up with the weaknesses. And at times you'll be alone. At times there'll be no one to help you. Will you encourage yourself in the Lord? And at times unscrupulous men without character, like Dog the Edomite, shall be who you're dealing with. My prayer is that you will find strength to be forbearing, to grow, and don't let pain get to your heart. Guys, I pray that this has blessed you. We'll continue the series next week. We've got perhaps two more tests, and we'll complete the series. This is the Relationship Center on the Edfair Podcast Network. If this has blessed you, Please share it with your friends and family. And for more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app. That is edifi.app. Or you could also search for the Edify app in the Google and the Apple Play Store. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.